you realize that tonight's podcast, we're also like the start to a really bad gay joke. So three lesbians and a gay guy walk into a bar. (laughs) We have one white lesbian. We've talked to them all. It's fine. Yeah, but you've never kissed a gay man. It's going to stay that way. Audio (laughs) listeners, they did it. You see it here first, folks. I'm just looking for a good excuse to fit my fist in something. Welcome to episode 20 of Sibling Rants. <laughs> it's your big brother, Andrew. And your little sister, Bronwyn. And joining us today, we have a couple of lovelies as guests. <laughs> we have Caitlin and Raven. Say hi. Hello. And as Bronwyn and I sit here together for the first time (laughs) but still on a zoom call uh within our home of kitchener ontario Mm -hmm. we are reminded that these lands located within treaties three four and the haldeman treaty are also the traditional homes of the haudenosaunee anishinaabe and neutral peoples we recognize and deeply appreciate their historic connection to this region and we also recognize the contributions indigenous peoples have made in shaping and strengthening this community We are grateful for the opportunity to create on these lands together and reaffirm our commitment to truth and reconciliation in our community. And uh, we will ask you to uh, relay your own land acknowledgement from Ottawa. We acknowledge that our home, located in Ottawa, is on the unceded, unsurrendered territory of the Anishinaabe Algonquin Nation. And we are grateful that we're able to uh, have a work life here and a family life and the the chance to actually grow our family here as well so awesome well welcome to the <laughs> cast welcome to to week two of pride month and yeah. all of our shenanigans you lovelies also get to be the first guests uh where brown and i are actually sitting in the same room recording because we officially roomies yeah, yeah. which could be great and also could be fuckery Oh, all of the fuckery. All I hear is this is going to be extra fuckery. Extra fuckery. Truly <laughs> all I'm hearing, both in audio and in video. <laughs> I, I mean, listen, it started before we got recording here, yeah. and uh, it'll only devolve as we go along. <laughs> That's what we came here for. Yeah. Sweet. Well, speaking of what y'all came here for, uh, why don't you guys tell our listenership a little bit about yourselves? You want me to go first? Go for it. Um, well, I am a business you're, development manager. You're Caitlin. For sure. uh, well, I think that's <laughs> been... Uh, it's not an audio. It's not a video media. They're not going to know who's talking. Andrew said... <laughs> No, no. The video is for our Instagram shenanigans. Oh, later. You, okay, okay, okay. You, they, they need to tie a name to the you. voice. Got it. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I'm on video literally all day for work, so this is so like natural to me. Um, there will okay, so. be more bickering. Sorry. Uh, I'm Caitlin. Clearly. <laughs> Sorry. Everyone should know. <laughs> no, um, I'm Caitlin. I am 29. Uh, I'm a business development manager for a used to be small company. Uh, We (laughs) manufacture like small alarm systems for school buses, uh, basically to help make sure sleeping children aren't left on board after hours and overnight and stuff. So um, that's what I do during the day. Uh, And at night, I, uh, I don't know, bug raven mostly. I'm basically exactly (laughs) what you would envision a lesbian to be. I camp. (laughs) I whittle wood, (laughs) Um, you know, all of the outdoor things and 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. I like to cook. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it. Me in a nutshell. Classic Lavelle I love cats. Gotta add that in. Uh, yeah. Gotta what? add the cats. Because, like, you can't, are you a lesbian if you don't like cats? <laughs> right? I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> All right, so I'm Raven. I just turned 28 yesterday. Oh, yes. Happy Happy belated. Thank you. (laughs) Um, I am a cook at a long-term care facility, so that entails a lot of pureeing perfectly good food that I've spent hours on and then throwing it all in a blender. It's it's glamorous work. Um, (laughs) As for home stuff, really not much. Caitlin does all the cooking because I cook 40 hours a week, so I don't yeah. do that at home. That's that fair. <laughs> a lot of outdoor time, you know, smoking weed, hanging out with the cats. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. That's I'm how a, it goes. I'm a new stoner every night now, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great life. <laughs> Turns off my brain. Yeah. Allows me to sleep. It's really it's nice. That's precisely yeah, why it. my boyfriend also partakes in that regularly yeah. is to turn off his brain. Yeah. Uh, and he has found some edibles that have been particularly yes. friendly for him lately. Oh. <laughs> That's interesting. Need to know what those are. Uh, pretty sure they don't come from Canada to the best <laughs> of my knowledge. Oh, okay. But my favorite thing, though, is that one of them, uh, a couple of them actually are available as like knockoff candy and chip brands oh yeah so one of them is actually called stoner patch kids oh my gosh uh-huh. that's hilarious which is the best thing ever i've yet to partake in them because their thc content is like wicked high <laughs> and as someone who does not avidly participate i'm like wow yeah one of those gummies will fuck me until sunday um <laughs> Yeah, you need no, to choose a, a down couple of days and then yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah. Gotta, we got camping coming up, and I'll, I'll take one of the camping days. And <laughs> yes. that'll be it. Yes, oh, yeah, perfect. Yes, and that will be when I'm high as a kite and lean back over my chair again, staring <laughs> at the stars because everything's so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> That's, true. That's amazing. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Did so, you have questions lined up? I do in my head. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I sort of talked about a little bit about like what. I wanted to go over. Um, I think it would be really, uh, if you were comfortable, Raven, to talk about the intersections of being a black woman and experiencing being LGBT um, and what that was like entering into your relationship with Caitlin and how your relationship has evolved yeah. through that. Um, if you're comfortable with that, I would love to hear about it. Absolutely. Um, and then maybe at the end, I can tell people about how I met Caitlin and some of the fuckery that we used to get into. <laughs> Just for fun. Yes. <laughs> oh, Huntley is very unhappy. Yeah, she does not like we're ignoring her. <laughs> Please pay attention. Yeah, we have one walk pacing our feet currently. <laughs> okay, so as Bronwyn said, I am a black woman, a lesbian, raging, homosexual black woman. <laughs> And, you know, I'm not going to go ahead and say that it was like a simple, easy thing to go through. It actually, like, slight shift in tone, I guess. Like, things, it, it's heavy. It's a lot of stress and anxiety. I grew up in a Pentecostal household. Oh, gosh. With, I didn't know that. <laughs> with Jamaican parents. Um, oh. Yeah. So, I mean, growing up, 
not fully knowing what I was or how I identified. You'd hear a lot of like very anti-gay things, very homophobic, very like not cute. And I feel like I knew really early that I was gay. Mm -hmm. And so hearing all of those things was like, okay, then coming out seems like an impossible thing. I came out to church when I was 13. I didn't tell my parents or my mom until maybe three years later. Um, And then only really talked to my dad about it when Caitlin and I got engaged, which was in 2019. Um, And that's when I like decided to come out to the rest of the family then as well. Because I was like, well, she's here. She's stuck. (laughs) 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 We might as well let everyone know that she's going to be around for a while. (laughs) So my mom didn't take it well. We didn't talk about it. It was like we, I had my dad on Facebook and he saw something that I posted and then she confronted me about it. And it was this very like dramatic, ran out of the house, like got someone to come and pick me up type of thing. Because I just like couldn't deal and then we never we didn't talk about it again for years it was like the weirdest thing we did not talk about it again for years it came up I moved to England in 2015 for a year um I went to cook at a hotel there and um that was the first time I was allowed to be or I allowed myself to be out and because I knew no one I had family there, but I went to them infrequently, so I didn't have to, like, be gay when I was around them, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So I was, like, had a little bit of a hoe face. Um, (laughs) And just We've all had them. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of just did what I wanted to do. It was nice just being out and not having to hide that part of myself in any capacity because nobody knew me as the five days of work a five days a week church girl there so when I came back I was like okay it's finally time to like do this thing talk to my parents you know and then still then it took me years until I was ready to do it again it has affected our relationship slightly in ways um in the beginning a lot more than i would say now yeah like i think now we've come we've been able to like agree on things and disagree on things and also kind of get through whatever it is that your your family throws our way i guess yeah in a lot of the beginning of us dating i mean an immigrant family a jamaican family it was kind of like you live here you follow my rules you don't wander or stray in any capacity this is what I've laid out for you to do and this is what you do and you cannot do anything else that's just kind of how we grew up and then when we started dating I used to like leave from work and then go straight to Caitlin's and hang out at her house for hours and I would just like open my phone to text messages of being like you are disrespectful you don't care about me you don't care about this family you don't want to be here And then when I would stay home, it was all like, nobody spoke to me, really. Like, I just was a hermit in my room. So it was like, why do you need to berate me when I'm not here, but ignore me when I am? So that was, I mean, 
difficult to say the least. (laughs) And then there came a point where I was just like, it is what it is. I'm like really happy in this relationship. I'm really grateful to be in love with someone who cares about me and understands a lot of like my plights. Um, And if she doesn't is like really willing to put in the work to figure it out. And sometimes you just have to take a step back from your from your family, you know? Mm-hmm. That should be normalized more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, and it's a lot harder in non-white families to do. Like, it's hard enough in white families to step away from family because we grow up in this environment or like in this society that teaches us. But blood is everything. And it's like, okay, but not if your blood is causing you trauma. Um, I think our generation, I've talked about this before. I think our generation is waking up to that a little, a little bit more and we're being more okay stepping away. But then it's at, okay, Huntley. Um, it's (laughs) added complications when there's, when there's a cultural background as well. Um, I think, you know, and I, I mean, you can obviously speak more to this than I can, but I know in some, conversations I've been part of um I've had black queer people tell me that it was a had a lot to do with like being further othered and then the church makes that even worse because within Pentecostal and Baptist environments it is absolutely a sin to be gay yeah so there's a lot of complicated layers there that make it even harder yeah Yeah, I know um even just with having a friend uh one of the guys that I work with same thing, Jamaican family, Jamaican household, and I'm the first gay man he's actually been comfortable to, like, mm-hmm. call a friend, but at the same time, like, he's comfortable talking with me, he asks me questions, whatever, but, like, we've joked about this, too, the fact that he won't add me on Facebook because he's still got really t- strong ties back home in Jamaica and everything, and he goes, you are a very openly gay man, if I have you as a friend on my Facebook even, that will ostracize me. Yeah, yeah. It is, like, such a beast of a problem um, that I don't... They're not trying to rectify in Jamaica. It's not really seeming like they're working towards a, a better or a different way of thinking. So, like, I'm grateful that my parents are here, at least. And they have come some ways not as far as I would like them to but in the beginning of our relationship Caitlin was like well just sleep over well just say you're not coming home well just Mm -hmm. and I was just like I I just can't (laughs) you don't understand it but I just even that took me a really long time yeah to understand too because or to try to understand also hearing her speak to her mother it's just entirely different. The things that they say to each other is absolutely wild. <laughs> yeah. And White I kids could get away never. with a lot of shit. Yeah. <laughs> I could never. I could never. My mom and I are on a on a playing field where it's we're not even like mother daughter. I feel like we're yeah. just like friends. We're best friends. Like yeah. I'll say like fuck off. You're being fucking aggravating. <laughs> you know, like piss off. Yeah, you're you're gonna- pissing me off. and she'll do the same and then and then you know we will have choice words and then 10 minutes later we're laughing again and raven like is like what the fuck (laughs) just happened (laughs) because that would get me backhanded into next week like yeah yeah. i mean i definitely have my mom my sister and i one year when 
I was back from school for Christmas. We got like our neighbor's daughter had like was getting into photography. And so we had a little photo shoot done. And there is a photo of me holding up my middle finger to both my mom and my sister. (laughs) And they're both just laughing at me. And I know that wouldn't fly in every household. No, it definitely would. It definitely would not fly in this household. (laughs) My parents' household. Yeah. And then um, when we decided to move out, I decided it was a year. So like not quite U-Haul, but (laughs) close. (laughs) (laughs) Like we got the pickup truck and not like the full full, sliding doors. Yeah. I also have to say, and this is a small little anecdote, and I apologize for interrupting. I remember when I helped Caitlin move that couch that you guys have into her apartment. apartment. Caitlin was like, yeah, I'm bringing no furniture with me when I move. I hate moving. And then you guys moved to this place that you're currently in, and you moved all of the furniture that was there. And I remember being like, what happened to I hate moving? (laughs) Honestly, though, I only had a pickup truck. A pickup truck and, like, a car full of things from that house. Like, I lived so minimally. You did, though. You had, I had like, nothing, nothing on the walls. I had literally nothing. I had what I had needed to sit on. I had a plastic chair from yeah, that supposed to be for outside that got stuck in my car. Brahma and I went and picked that up, and it got yeah. stuck in my fucking car. And, I'm, like, in the parking lot trying to get out of my fucking car, and I can't get this thing out. <laughs> And anyway, I still have it. It's outside now where it belongs. But I'll have to put it up on our socials when this episode launches on Thursday. But I have a photo somewhere of Caitlin sitting in that chair in the big IKEA elevator, just chilling. It's somewhere. Amazing. But yeah. Anyway, back to your story. <laughs> what was I saying? Um, speaking to your mom. The way I speak to my mom. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> or not moving out. That way. <laughs> yeah. So it was a year after we had been together. I was kind of, I never had the confidence to say things to my mother in person. So I would text uh, her a lot just because uh, it was just easier to kind of like, at least you have the information. So when we need to talk about it in person, I don't need to get those particular words out. Um, so I had spoken to her a couple times via text message that like we were looking and I was going to move out. And then when I finally told her like out loud, she was like, well, you never told me that. (laughs) "Mm, I'm pretty sure we had this. I'm pretty sure it did, but okay. And then that started another fight of us not talking. And then the day I moved out that morning, she left the house. Didn't help me. And waited till I was gone to come back. And that was like, oh, that was absolutely, it was just my brother. My dad wasn't there either. For the record, I have a dad. My parents are married. I just don't talk about him because he kind of is meh. He's one of those guys who don't add much to the conversation. (laughs) It's just very quiet, you know. Quiet, but like not. Quiet, Quiet, but so annoying. Like funny, annoying. Yeah, he's just like yes. a, he's silly. Nothing yeah. he says is serious, so yeah. I don't ever have to have a serious conversation with him. Yeah. yeah so she was gone that day, and that made that transition because I had never lived on my own, other than I mean, I did move across the world yeah. for a year by myself, but I had never existed having to like pay rent and clean up after myself in this kind of capacity. 
So, (laughs) and it was just like something that your mom should want to do with you. Um, And it was because, and I don't even think it's the interracial part. Um, cause my brother has a white girlfriend and she's at the house all the time and they love her. I think it's really just the gay part. Caitlin, <laughs> you are too female. <laughs> <laughs> and then again, the day we got engaged, she went to a concert in Montreal instead of coming to our engagement party. Yeah. So, and then I called her that day. And she knew it was happening because Caitlin was the perfect gem and went to go meet with my terrifying mother. Because I knew (laughs) that Raven wouldn't have been able to, like, appreciate that time or in that moment unless she knew her. she didn't have that burden of telling her mom. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So our engagement day, I was absolutely floored, but I didn't start crying until she told me that she told my mom already. Because I was like, Aww. oh my god. Because yeah. <laughs> immediately you wrote, you, as much as you wanted to appreciate it, you went, I knew that you were going to go where you went. That's exactly where yeah. I went. Immediately yeah. I was like, oh my god, I'm so happy. Holy fuck. Now I have to talk <laughs> to my mother about it. And Caitlin was like, surprise! Yeah. I already did that. <laughs> I mean, in in your mother's defense, like I didn't, I did leave telling her until not the very last second, but like the last minute. It, that was like a big move for me. It's not yeah. like I have like you have a relationship with my mom where like you can go to my mom's and have dinner with my mom. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my mom forcefully, not forcefully, but she fell a couple years ago and she had to live with Raven and I, and that was a, t- a true test for a relationship. Oh, but we should talk about that. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, okay. Oh, we've got time. We can talk about that. <laughs> yeah, so I do have a great relationship with Mary, Caitlin's mom. Yeah. And that also makes the fact that my relationship with my mom and the fact that she's we were in our fifth year of dating and she's met her a handful of times whereas my brother's girlfriend is at the house every single right. day um and like gets invited to family functions and things like that whereas like i think my mom just in her own stupid twisted way is just like oh She'll just bring her if I invite Raven over. Mm. But it's just like the principle of the matter. Like you need to at least show that you care about this person that's in my life. So, I mean, boundaries have changed with her. What I expect from her has changed. What I put into the relationship has changed. And I think it's just kind of what we're going to have to do. We need to revisit, have a real conversation once I start having babies yeah <laughs> y'all can't the see look. the face that just went with that <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was good that, that was a look that was a some. look because it's also terrifying you know yeah it's it's interesting to hear because there's a lot of similarities to well you guys met my ex and i'm not gonna name my ex on here but you guys you guys met her um and there's a lot of similar reasons why our relationship didn't work but in I think in part it was because my ex's trauma was also wrapped up in the fact that she had just lost her dad and her mom was the only person she had 
even though she was emotionally abusive and financially abusive. And she had uh, the, the added struggle of her financial security or quote unquote financial security came directly from her link to her mom. Yeah. So trying to get her to recognize the abuse that was coming from her family and how that had been affecting her family for generations and the complications with that while also trying to keep the lines of communication open on with our relationship and me struggling with having to be closeted in the relationship when I'm not used to that. It, it ended up be, like being the recipe for disaster. So I'm really glad, obviously, that like that did not happen with you guys. But it is interesting how like the similarities are very much there. Yeah, it took a lot of work. It took a lot of work. In the beginning, especially, I since George Floyd was murdered, I have learned so much more now yeah. than I even used to before. I grew up in... Orleans. I was one of five black people. I was just consistently surrounded by white things. All the music yeah. I like is like traditionally white. I love a musical. I don't yes. like rap music. <laughs> <laughs> As the music theater kid here, I'm I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but so to so to white people, you're a good black yeah <laughs> to put quotes around that. yeah exactly so yeah. i mean especially when all of the george floyd things happened um and the protests and the looting and all of those things i had made a post on facebook being like i'm the black girl that you guys are very close with and think that i'm you know one of you and i'm telling you that you're fucking up like royally so yeah. because you've realized that or because you've been my friend for this long and you have only seen me as your only representation, some capacity, you should be able to value what I have to say. You you valued the fact that I was, you know, knew how to rap some songs in high school. <laughs> now value the fact that... Yeah. I'm telling you that something needs to be done and you guys need to get your heads out of your ass. <laughs> oh God. And you dealt with a lot of bullshit with that because yeah. like you grew up in a privileged white area, despite what your own privilege level is. And so you seemed to have had a lot of friends that were just unwilling to wrap their head around this reality. Yeah. Much to my surprise, <laughs> I did not expect in a million years that I was, I'd be having a conversation with a friend of 12 years about, you know, why I think that your white dad is better than all the other white dads. <laughs> like, why your white cop dad is just, you know, oh, yeah. top notch. <laughs> and I can't say anything really rude about those top notch white dads because you that got was, a top yeah. notch white dad. Oh, I, I remember like you, you sharing that with that. me. And that was one of those moments where it was like, the whole conversation was, okay, I see that, you, that you're, like, on the A-cab train, but, like, m you know my dad. He's such a nice guy. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. like, you can't lump him in there. I'm insulted. And it was just, it was, yeah, it was. <laughs> I think I remember you telling me about that before. Oh, my God. It was, it was <laughs> a mess. It, it was a mess. And after that, I really sat down and thought about what it was like growing up in yeah. 
this white world and like the microaggressions of like look i'm tan almost like you raven and like i even up to literally a month ago i had a co-worker come up and touch my hair um (laughs) and not the first time the first time i strictly told her that it was not appropriate and did it again and I also, there's one of two black people that I work with, and I'm very often mistaken for the other one who is 20 years older than me and not the same at all. But like, it's just, right. it's just the blackness that's confusing for them. Um. <laughs> I say this all the time, but like white people like to say that anybody who's not white looks the same. They say it about Asian people, they say yeah. it about black people. This, And yet I worked student housing for like five years, actually longer than that. And let me tell you, white people all be looking the same. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me that we joke about sibling rants, but that Brahman and I don't actually look like passable fucking siblings because (laughs) white people be looking the same. (laughs) Like if we could tell strangers we're siblings, they'd be like, yeah, Yeah. that makes sense. That's fast. I know, it's crazy. Oh gosh, people are nuts. People are nuts. People are nuts. So, and the like unfortunate thing is you've had to deal with a lot of this bullshit coming through the frameworks. Yeah, and um, I was totally oblivious to it, which I guess is like I don't know. It was nice. It was actually kind of nice. I was just gonna say it was a fault, but it was really nice to like yeah. not look at everyone and not be so scared of everything. Yeah. I mean, like working in the country, even going to the corner store to get myself a drink, I'm just like scared mm-hmm. just because. I don't see anybody else that looks like me around. And yeah. I just always feel like if they're going to blame anyone, it's going to be me. <laughs> and I, I don't want to be wrong yeah. place, wrong time. Yeah. Literally ever. Even today I was yeah. thinking about it. I went to go feed our friend's cat and I walked up to their house and I took their hidden key and I opened their door and I was like, Oh my gosh, if someone, was on one that day (laughs) it could be like this (laughs) random black girl is breaking into this house and no one would believe me right and we all know that lots of white women around a certain age are prone to being like i see a person of color entering a space that i've never seen them enter before so i'm gonna call the police yeah (laughs) exactly and before i mean i don't want to say it was just the murder of George Floyd. It was, I mean, there's so many before then that I was, you know, coming to and learning so much more. Mm-hmm. And then, but it was almost blissful before yeah. to not have to think about everyone being out to get me. Whether or not that's yeah. true, I just, there's so many awful white people. Yeah. Sorry. Um. Oh, no. <laughs> no need to apologize have you here. have you listened to us? We constantly call white people trash. Like yeah, yeah, we, we, we get are. it collectively. We are a dumpster fire. So yeah, so many trash white people that now I carry myself yeah. um, in a much different way than I was yeah. used to. Well, and I I find the thing with whiteness too is that. It, we very often fall into this like, well, I'm like, I would never do that to you kind of thing. But it's like white women just from being and like specifically white women just from being in a space make it more dangerous because of how passive we are and how we'll just make a decision that something's suddenly unsafe and then it becomes 
unsafe. And that's, that's a problem. It's like, it's like the whole conversation around, okay, you know, you've got a bowl of Skittles and there's like six poison ones in there. I mean, there's way more when we're talking about white people, but like for the sake of the analogy, are you going <laughs> yeah, to stick your hand in hoping you get that one, like one of the six safe ones? Or are you going to be like, no, these are poison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess, I guess with that effect, Raven, I want to ask too, then have you ever had any specific incidences within the LGBTQ community yeah. uh, that have been because of your race, like ad- yeah. adverse experiences, I should say. Yeah, because we talked about lateral violence within the LGBT community last week, and it's a it's a really important and interesting conversation. Yeah. Also, Caitlin, Caitlin, we're not ignoring you. I have questions yeah. for you. After oh no, we're <laughs> we don't need more from a white, white woman. woman. <laughs> <laughs> we have one white lesbian. We've talked to them all. It's fine. <laughs> In terms of LGBTQ alphabet mafia. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I'm not sure. I don't put myself in queer space. Mm. Um, sure. I have steered clear of a lot of queer spaces because, because I don't see anyone like me. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. And because I had no really control over it in any other aspect of my life, like how much white people were around, that I didn't particularly want to go to a queer space made of only white people. When I did used to go to the gay bars, even all of my straight white friends would like pick up lesbians (laughs) and I'd just be like, hi, I'm I'm actually the gay one here. (laughs) Pay attention to me. And then dating apps. I did a lot of, a few dating apps and there were a lot of, no one that outrightly said that like, I don't want to date you because you're black, but people don't don't racist that way anymore generally it's very oh i don't know gay men are pretty well yeah within within the women loving women community yeah yeah and 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 let me tell you that's because of how dangerous white women are it's because we're like ooh, we know this is racist so i'm just not gonna say it out loud yeah i'm gonna make this a hostile environment for you just not gonna tell you about it just sit tight (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. here it comes yeah <laughs> whereas like we've talked about you know the the uh, internalized homophobia and stuff in the gay community and oh, yeah. the fact that like no fats no femmes no asians is a part of it mm. and i know very specifically that black gay men go through a lot of the same issues yeah. too yeah statistically black women and asian men get the least amount of likes on dating apps and so when i was First of all, there weren't very many black women to choose from. And I don't know if it was because they weren't putting themselves on the apps or if I was like in a small, my radius was too small that I always grew up in the heart of Orleans around a bunch of other white people. So I didn't, I didn't know if I like couldn't find them or if they didn't exist. (laughs) Other other people of color that were queer. So you were a unicorn within your own world. Yeah, I really did feel that way. Yeah, there is many a conversation that fizzled out and it it sometimes got weird, but you know. Yeah. 
You know, not, I mean, obviously nowhere near the same scale because I, I am a white woman and I acknowledge this, but I have noticed that since redoing my dating profiles this year, I want to like eradicate any possibility for somebody being bigoted. Cause I'm not going to educate you in a relationship. That's not what this is for. So, <laughs> like, so I have put very specifically on my profile, like I am fat positive. I am anti like staunchly anti-racist i am anti-oppression i am anti-capitalist i'm but i find that because i put all of those things i get way less matches because i think people see me as political and they see me as like oh she's gonna point out all the little like racist things that i say and it's like yep yeah i'm gonna do that (laughs) just you wait But it's interesting, like me, a white woman, putting that in my profile, and I'm st- and I'm having a hard time getting any matches. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, Caitlin and I have had many a nip where she would say something that, like, when you grow up in small town, yeah, hick world, you have no oh, idea. Especially Aurelia. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you say things and you really have no idea what you're saying. <laughs> Yeah. But to educate someone from the ground up, see, I don't want to. I don't want to teach anyone anything anymore. I'm done. No. Ra- yeah. <laughs> Raven's <Yeah>. done. <laughs> you can yeah. use Google. You can buy some books. Uh, Raven is super over trying to teach people how to be decent. Yeah, we we I. I go through that with my partner, who is just a, an older white man. He's part of Gen X. <laughs> yeah. uh, he didn't come out until later in life. He's still pseudo-closeted. So he just, he means well, and he's willing to catch himself and learn. But Bronwyn can attest to many situations where he requires education. And I will tell you, it is fucking work. Well, and I'm not as nice <laughs> about it because I'm not dating him, right? So, like, so oh, yeah. he, he'll say something and I'll be like, I'm sorry, do we say that? And I just, like, immediately catch him on things. And I, I know he doesn't like it, but I'm also one of those people that's like, okay, I'm going to catch you while you're doing it. Yeah. yeah. Every time. <laughs> Where, whereas I'm, I try to be a little more yeah. soft-handed about it because, I mean, like, it's... I, I know where he's coming from and I understand his thought process too because he also has a, a bit of a medical history that does impact his memory retention mm-hmm. uh, and a little bit of other things. So like it it's not like he's being malicious yeah. in these things. Again, it's there's there's a bit of a generational divide there, but it does require consistent yeah. work and it requires a specific touch. And that's as a white person educating another white person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I acknowledge the uh, amount of work that it takes just to get to that point, let alone from a person of color standpoint trying to do it. Yeah. At first, I was really gung-ho to be helping. And then I got tired. And then I said, no more for me. So that's kind of of where we're sitting for now. Yeah, I'm all with, I'm big with intent and impact, especially with Caitlin, some of my very close friends that I've had for 12, 13 years, they will say things that they're not intending to be harmful. And then I'm just like that. What you said was not, was not great. And mm-hmm. I'm able to have those types of conversations yeah. still, but ground up conversations or just complete oblivion when you're like giving them information, they're still like, yeah. but what about me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to well, center me. 
And that like the intent, and this is definitely very specifically like a, a white person thing, but the intent versus impact is a big one because we are so quick to be like, oh, I didn't mean to. And it's like, yeah, I know that. So still huge. wrong. Like you can, you can not intend to hurt somebody and still hurt them. It happens all the time. <laughs> like it's what we're doing when we call you into this conversation or call you out on these things is we're giving you an opportunity to learn. Yeah. Not to be yeah. said bigoted thing and, again. <laughs> and I feel like white people also need to understand that there is a time and place and a way to ask things that will help with that impact versus intent. We yeah. literally experienced it during the fucking vigil for oh, the yeah. 215 children that died out in Kamloops. We went to a vigil here and there was some dumb fucking white dude and his girlfriend standing at the front filming the entire thing and asking really inappropriate questions to the indigenous people who were leading this. Mm-hmm. Our attention was brought to us because one of the women who was in charge of it was screaming at him, leave this space. We are mourning our children. Leave. And yeah. like he... He hadn't gotten physically belligerent, and like, because if he had, he came real fucking close. (laughs) Yeah, we were all real fucking close to jump him. A bunch of people had already jumped up to help her escort him off the premises, but she had to keep screaming. And she was like, "Listen, if you do not leave this space on your own, you will have over three hundred people here asking you to leave." And he kept he like his, and this is the problem, specifically a white person defense thing. But it was that like I wasn't, I didn't say anything. I wasn't doing anything. And the whole point was you are filming something that you are not part of, that is not about you, that is a vigil for 215 dead children at the hands of Canada. So like, stop that. Like, it's just the the defense isn't necessary. It doesn't matter whether you thought that you were being okay or not. You've been told you weren't. Stop filming. Walk away respectfully. Yeah. Didn't need to be a whole thing. But instead, he needed to defend himself and then caused, rightfully so, upset amongst the, the indigenous people who were grieving. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. Like, and it's it's not appropriate. But when you've grown up in a world where you have consistently been centered, yeah. Yeah. why wouldn't you think that it was about you? I. It's very hard. Part of that discussion is like they white people don't know any better yeah they've been consistently taught that this is appropriate so it's time for that shift and in terms sorry oh i was just gonna say it's brutal for those of us white people who are sitting here acknowledging (laughs) that it's inappropriate and we're looking at these people going are you fucking dumb (laughs) shut up and sit down yeah Yeah. no one asked you literally no oh my god it's like my my fucking tiktok about this like if i am exhausted imagine how this is for everybody grieving right like imagine stop it like i think one of the things that really gets me is is the white apathy is the thing that is really enraging and dangerous like it's just this we we grow up like uh, the biggest comment i've been seeing is oh i can't be blamed for the lack of education and i'm like especially around indigenous people and i'm like you you can't be blamed for the education system, but since you left the education system, you have been consistently blind to this. And that on some level is a choice because this has been everywhere. And so you have to acknowledge that your silence has been harmful at some point and move forward. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. It's the defense. That's the problem. It's this like, well, I can't be blamed for it. It's like, okay, at a certain point it is your fault. So you got to pick it up. Yeah. (laughs) Pick it up. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> there was a um was talking about oh uh, 
when we spoke, when we did the comparison between gay people and racism to make it clear for some, for that one person. Okay. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. I don't remember the words. Can you say those words? <laughs> you don't remember that well. Yeah. Is it written down? <laughs> <laughs> Did everybody just talk about it? No, it was a talked about conversation. Anyways, I had a falling out with a white friend, and she was not understanding. This is a different white friend than the cop white friend. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she wasn't understanding where I was coming from at all for whatever reason. I don't know if it was a matter of her not wanting to or her just not understanding. But then we said that, suppose that, you know, there was a bunch of straight people telling you that <laughs> you aren't important and your words aren't important and white, uh, not white, straight privilege is more important yeah. than, than gay privilege and all of those things. And that was the only thing that kind of made the wires connect in yes, her brain. Yeah. So, like, I'm open to having, com- like, kind of switching up the conversation to make it. And you saw a lot of these memes or Instagram posts at the beginning of, like, of all of this, just trying to make things very clear and concise for people to get it. And I'm, like, I'm okay with doing that. It's just... I also think it depends on, like, who in your life it is that you're, like, giving that effort to, you know? Like, you're not just going to be doing it to, like, anybody you see on Instagram anymore or anybody you see on Facebook yeah. anymore. Like, the person that you did that with was somebody that was in our daily lives, like, every single day. Yeah. And so, yeah. like, that wasn't, that was, like, a, like, a friend part of you also didn't want to lose that. Correct. And so, like, there was more than just one layer to that. Well, because I feel like when you're dealing with with friends too, and I've I've gone through this as well, uh, because I remember sending you that big long post where I was really breaking it down yeah. and deconstructing some of the the racism and bigotry for a friend, is that because you're friends with them, you know that they're not inherently a shitty person. Correct. You know, you've built enough of a rapport with them where you're like, okay, I know the other sides of you. I know you're not just out here being a fucking asshole. <laughs> You're just kind of dumb, and I need to help you fix that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Totally that. Yeah, and it, it's this level of, like, again, this is the white apathy part, or the, like, straight cisgender apathy, right? Like, it's that I have never had to deal with this kind of disparity before, so therefore I can't wrap my head around it. And this comes from this individualistic world we live in that was built by uh, white supremacy and capitalism. I have a sticker on my laptop right now from You're Wrong About, the podcast You're Wrong About, that says it was capitalism all along. And it's my new favorite sticker because it's correct. And also, <laughs> quick interjection though, because I'm a nerd and because I've watched WandaVision, I read it and I just hear it in the tune of it was Agatha all along. Oh yeah. <laughs> and if you haven't watched WandaVision, you won't hear the tune, but now that you have, you'll hear yeah, I've watched it, now, it yeah. was capitalism all along <laughs> yeah. yeah but like really it's like it's it, you know those tiktoks i feel like i've made this reference several times in this podcast but i don't care um you know those t- the t- the tiktoks that are like uh i am you you are me and when we switch places we're the same right like capitalism and white supremacy are that yeah <laughs> so they switch places and they're exactly the same they're thing. exactly Twins. the same <laughs> yeah. Just vibing right off of each other. We created this world that is meant for white people and cisgender people and straight people. And 
because of that, even though all of those people go through hardships, they can't possibly fathom anything worse than what they have experienced. Yeah. And so that's the problem is that like, because we're so individualistic and we're, tr- we are literally indoctrinated to be so we run into this issue of like, well, I can't, I- I've never experienced that. So it's, it can't possibly be real. And it's like, it can, and it is. How do I phrase this in a way you're going to understand? And those, those conversations are fine sometimes, but they get entirely exhausting. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like Andrew said, like it's, it's one thing with friends, but there is a certain point with friends too, where I've had to really look at a friendship and go, is this person actually learning? Yeah. Or are they saying the things that they think are going to keep the friendship going, but aren't actually doing the learning? Which so is, yeah. speaking of having conversations with white people, hi, Caitlin. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's have a conversation with white Caitlin. <laughs> well, let's flip this a little bit here because I'm, I'm curious to hear. Okay, so obviously we, we've heard Raven's um, coming out experiences and, and what it was like for her growing up gay and uh, within her family. What was it like for you coming out um, and then leading right into dating Raven and, and being in an interrelation, uh, an interracial relationship within the LGBTQ community. Yeah. So coming out for me, um, I mean, it really is a small town. And if you dive even further to like where I actually lived, it was probably like an eighth of what it really was like super farm yeah. town, but actually coming out for me was really fine. Like I didn't have a negative experience. I was dating whoever I was dating at the time. We posted on Facebook that we were together and that was it. We like took it at what it was and like let people think what they wanted to. And, and that was that. And I think even at that point, my mom, didn't my mom know? I want to say yes. I want to say my mom had called me out on it already for whatever. She found a letter or something like a love note or something like that. <laughs> Just to interject, there's a picture of Caitlin when she was really, really little with this awful bowl cut. <laughs> 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 Uh, Super politically incorrect. (laughs) Right, I probably shouldn't say all that. But they said essentially that she looked like an ugly little gremlin with her (laughs) (laughs) with her full cut and her full boy clothes. No one understood what was going on with her when she was little. Yeah, Um, Raven Raven seen some of my like old high school yearbooks and I was out for a good part of high school anyways. Like I came out when I guess it was sixteen. Like the summer going into grade 11. like So whatever age you are at that point. And anyways, I showed Raven some of my yearbooks. And Raven's like, look at you. And then look at just like every other girl. <laughs> oh, I see yeah. what you've done there. Yeah, I see that. Um, not, not I don't know stick. how I could have hit it. But um, yeah, and growing up, like my best friend, Travis, like he he's gay um, oh, or bisexual. Yeah. And then like a lot of my close friends, I actually don't really have straight friends, um, which is really surprising yeah. coming out of a small town. All of my all of my friends are from the small town yeah. are gay. All are gay. Um, They're all gay. Yeah. And you guys I all guess found the each other. Part. Something in the water. <laughs> yeah. Each other when they weren't gay. That's what I was going to say too, is we all dated each other when we weren't gay. <laughs> and didn't date each other when we were. So very, <laughs> like, like the girls never dated the girls kind of thing. So yeah. See, that's rare. In other women-loving women communities, they all fucking date each other. And it's like, 
I want no part of this. Let me out. We already had small town working against us. <laughs> we couldn't have, like, you did, small town, small town. didn't need to town. muddy that with, like, sleeping with each other. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> right. It's bad enough in this... 600,000 person region. <laughs> right? The queer drama in KW is fucking real. Oh, oh my god. Let me right. tell you. The the gay bar that used to be the center of it all does not exist anymore. Rest in peace, Club Renaissance. Uh, but even I that spent... in itself was drama. Oh, like... <laughs> it was. The Club Ren drama was fucking real. Y'all will fucking hear that next uh, week when we have Troy oh, yeah. on our show because uh, yeah, he's he got stories. Troy, oh, Troy's got all the gay stories. <laughs> well, Caitlin and I met yeah. through um, a group called that was called, I don't know if it still exists. It, it does still Girl exist, Girl, but I don't know. It was like, like a meetup group in Ottawa. This was when I, so this is when I went back to Ottawa for the year to work. Oh. And then I came back and was like, fuck Ottawa. <laughs> but, <laughs> but Caitlin and I actually, it's funny, we had both joined the meetup group roughly around the same time and were too chicken to go to any of the events. And for some reason, we both just decided to go to this one, like, meetup at, they had this, like, restaurant, this, like, tapas restaurant that they went to. And Caitlin, Caitlin and I met, and Caitlin was, like, drunk. Yeah. Shit, <laughs> and I, Caitlin was like, I'm just gonna bus home to, like, the sketchiest part of Ottawa. And yeah. I was like, I wasn't drinking, I have a car, why don't I drive you? And Caitlin was like, we should be friends! And I was like, yeah! <laughs> so I gave I gave Caitlin my number and it was funny because I'm, I'm not used to like, this was my first experience joining like a group full of women who love women. And I wasn't used to people actually like following up on being your friend afterwards. But the next day, Caitlin was texting me and I was like, okay, I have a friend. Yeah. Well, and for <laughs> so- me too, like I had just moved back here because I like I had been here for school and then I went, yeah. I graduated from Algonquin for business and then I went back home for like six months got a job back yeah. here so i came back here but then when i came back all my friends from college weren't here yeah oh <laughs> sick thanks <Zoom. laughs> we're not gonna get kicked off the meeting again Woo-hoo. okay anyway and yeah so i came back here i had no friends and the only way that i you know i was looking for ways to do it so i, I found that group and the only way that i could make myself go was to get absolutely shit <laughs> Um, and then was, Uber or bus was, there. Like, sometimes I bus, sometimes I Uber. It really, it really would depend on the mood. Yeah, and I met Bronwyn there. And I think honestly, you are the only one that I've stayed in touch with. Yeah, same. Out of that group, there was a couple I'm still of others that I with some people on Facebook, but like, yeah, yeah, I have really some on there, but friends. mostly just to because they do post this drama. Well, that and and they do post some <laughs> okay, educational but... things that I like to hear perspective on. So yeah, but like. When we talk about lateral violence within the, like, lesbian community or the women-loving women community, like, there was so much of it in that group. Yeah, catty. So much of it. (laughs) And it was very cliquey. Now, that was also an Ottawa thing. Like, it was, like, the the Gatineau gays and the I work for the government gays and the, like... Yeah. (laughs) There was a lot of... That sounds like a whole new level of shade. I have to say, (laughs) it was a really great way to meet other women who, who like women. Like, it was my first experience doing that. And then when I moved back to this region... I was happy to come back, but I was, I did really miss Caitlin because she was like my first real, like, close lesbian friend. So, um, and oh my God, one of the most frustrating things in that group was one of the hosts. Oh my gosh, yeah. Because Caitlin and I were so close, used to be like, when are you two going to start dating? And we literally had to be like, you need to stop. You're going to ruin our friendship. You have to stop. It was like, like it was, it was I've never had problem. somebody do that 
so much to the point yeah. where it was like so infuriating that I was just like, why are you doing this? Like, yeah, we weren't like doing anything to make it like worse for her to say those things. Like nothing. No. It was just like trying. We were never even like intimate or anything. Yeah. We were just like there together. Yeah. Because we were friends. friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's possible to have friends who have the same friends. sexuality. Yeah. I'm sorry. No. I can't have girls who are friends. I will date them all. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, just I, mean, kidding. I, have, I have plenty of gay guys who are <laughs> I'm actually good friends with, but yes, I I feel like that is typical within a lot of gay communities. Uh, yeah. Is that they're because we're already ostracized from yeah. cis het society, and we shift over here. It goes well. This is where I'm gonna find my dating pool, anyways. So yeah. I may as well just date, sleep with everyone. But the problem uh, and they comes just... when you when people suggest it to you, and you're like, "Okay, we're good. No, we're not gonna date. Yeah. Stop." And then they're like, every time they see you, they're like, "So when are you two getting together?" And you're like, "Okay, if you literally don't stop, I will punch you in the face." <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure Caitlin said that once. <laughs> Maybe it was just to me, but it was still like, yeah. So I I was, was like, it? If she does it one more time. I'm gonna say this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. <laughs> So was it through this group then that the two of you met or? No. So then I actually was in a relationship when I met Bronwyn and then <laughs> Bronwyn moved away and I had taken like, basically a year off of dating. Like I was like, I'm not dating. Yeah. I'm going to figure out who the heck I am now that I'm like yeah. a true adult on my own, like in my career, doing my thing. And then Raven and I met on an app called OkCupid, which, oh, yes. in my opinion, I really liked that app because you got to put in, like, really detailed information about yourself. Like, you got to answer yeah. questions, and that linked you with other people who answered similarly. And you could yeah. also answer questions privately, like, if there was some, like, you know, risque, risque questions, then <laughs> sure. you didn't really have to publicly advertise your answer, but could be linked with somebody who also answered risque. So, yeah, we met on there. You messaged me first. Yeah, I mean, the... Uh, you have to link. You had to link, I think. You had yeah. to like each other to be able yeah. to message each other. Um, and I... <laughs> yeah. No, it's um, more like this, Andrew. Oh, oh, you be, oh. For everybody not <laughs> on the Zoom call, which is all of our listeners, um, <laughs> Andrew put his two index fingers together, or his two pointer fingers together. And then Raven pointed out that it would be more like scissoring. scissors. <laughs> so just thought I'd explain oh, that for anybody. Yeah, yeah, that really <laughs> You guys missed out on a great show. Sorry. Bless. Guess what's going on the Instagram story though? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We finally have a super funny moment. <laughs> I'm just gonna make a gif out of Raven doing this. <laughs> Yeah, so that's how we met uh, on that app. Then we went to like we shortly, like a couple weeks after talking on there, we went on our first date, and then at the Fox and the Feather on Elgin. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and the rest is history. I mean, from there. Yeah, we. um, I never reached out to people first, so that was weird for me. So I reached out to her first. And I have never initiated a first kiss, and I initiated our first kiss, too. Ooh, and so I'm thinking that I manifested it from the very beginning. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, hey, five years and an engagement later, uh, we apparently you've done it. So. We did done it. It's actually sometimes so hard to believe that it's been that long since I was in Ottawa, but also 
so believable at the same time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like you said five years and I was like, no, it hasn't been five years. And then I was like, oh my God, it's been five years. Yeah, we're 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 getting up there in age. It has yeah, been old forever. <laughs> I don't know if your eyes said it was fine. Your voice said it was fine, but your mm. eyes said something else. Oh, <laughs> no, I actually have to say, I, I like being in my 30s. My 20s were a shit show. Yeah. I like being in my 30s. I just didn't enjoy this year's birthday, but. <laughs> it's okay. We're moved in now. We'll, we'll do makeup birthday celebrations. This is true. For this true. year. Party. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, interracial wise, like on my, my side of that, I feel like when we first we're dating you would always point out people looking at us and i never saw yeah like because you're not used to yeah i'm not you and and even just like okay take race out of it and just look at lgbt i never really saw that anyways like i never really looked at that i'm i'm very yeah i'm oblivious to it but like as an lgbt person anyways which is good and bad i guess I, I'm, obliv- I'm oblivious to it in my personal life, not so much my professional life. Like, if I go away to trade shows, then I really suppress the gay. <laughs> I'm right. shoving it right down. And, like, yeah. I'm not... Which, like, really, I think, hinders my ability to, like, network. Because I'm, I'm not going to ask you how your family is. Because yeah. I don't want you to ask me. Yeah. Because then I have to have yeah. this, like battle in my head of like what have you said is there anything that you've said that makes me feel safe enough to tell you okay uh if you if you if I ask you then you're gonna ask me this but you could you know like when we got engaged I was like oh cool now when I go to trade shows I can say fiance and those fuckers can you know decide what they want to decide you know but I've actually haven't been able to try that because COVID happened and I haven't traveled and I most of my trade shows are in the U.S. so I feel like if my trade shows were in Canada, I don't think I would suppress as much. Yeah. But because they're in the U.S., I I don't know. I just fear it more. I don't really understand the mentality over there. So, Well, it really depends where you are in the States. Yeah. Yes. And a lot of the times yeah. I'm in very red, red states, states yeah. or swing yeah. states. So, like, it really depends. Or there's people from, yeah. like, literally all over the country there. So, yeah. Yeah, so that I, I yeah, that's probably the biggest negative I have in that com- in the community is I think in my that's professional. One of the thing one of the conversations that I've had with many straight people or people who believe that they are straight at the time or whatever, right? Is the whole we have to come out every single day of our lives and there are times where we have to choose whether it's okay to do that or not. Even for somebody like myself with the amount of privilege that I have, there are moments where I'm like, it's not worth it to say it in this moment. So I'm just not going to say anything. And it happens to me way less than others, but it's that like, I it's, it's this whole, we are straight until proven otherwise mentality yeah. because most straight people just assume everybody's straight. You yeah. know? And it's, so it's that like people will automatically go, Oh, do you have a boyfriend? And I'm like, girlfriend yeah. and no you know no, like it's that so annoying you have, have to, to come out every single day of your life and that's a thing that like when i actually explain that to people their eyes go really wide because they've never had to consider it and it's like yeah <laughs> well and so the inverse to that that i'm starting to notice now too is straight allies are now normalizing use of the term partner yes yeah. so now when i hear someone go partner i go pause but then when they identify that oh they're a heterosexual couple, I go, 
Hold up, what? Yeah, okay, I know. And this is going to sound like, really Ooh, Yes, this is a safe space. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it's, it's not like, so it was much. Silent. But, like, at okay. least maybe it's a safe space, but then. <laughs> Which I, I, I. It's a hit and a miss. Like, it's, it's a good thing. I'm glad yeah. we're normalizing the term because that does centralize, like, decentralize the heteronormativity aspects. So, like, when we are in spaces, you can just say my partner and it doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. lead to further it questions, whatever. For but, people that are more closeted or more afraid of being out, that is much safer. And so I'm okay with it for that sense. But there's always that part of me when somebody says partner, that gets really excited. And then they like say, well, he, and I'm like, instantly disappointed. When we Bye. first got engaged, we did an engagement shoot that day. And yeah. one of the residents at my home, their family member was very excited. I was showing my ring off and he said, well, can I see one of the pictures? So I showed it to him and he goes, oh, well, he has long hair. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, yep, he does. (laughs) I wasn't, I just didn't know what the response was going to (laughs) be. So I go home and I'm like, Kate, you're a boy. You're a boy today. Because I I couldn't let him know that I was a lesbian. And I'm pretty sure to this day, he just thinks I'm with a long-haired man. Long-haired hippie white dude. Yeah. Yeah. Man, he has long hair. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. That's funny though, because like when you're actually looking at the pictures, you can if you if you're actually paying attention to them, you can tell just from Caitlin's chest. (laughs) I mean, like, (laughs) yeah, but (laughs) like I probably had that my blazer button too, which means this buckles from like your boobs yeah. in there. So like, there's just like no way. <laughs> you have to really just like not have a trained eye to see it, right? Like he's probably just never considered it. So he's like, something's off about this. I can't put my is, finger on it. I think that so... is like the peak of willful ignorance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> that's exactly it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Yeah. Um. Also, when I was coming out, this is a question. When you came out, where people were like, oh my god, that's so cool. <laughs> or like, that is the most exciting. I've gotten so many. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if that's a thing that other gay people oh, get. Oh, I didn't have that. Really? Yeah, okay. I didn't have that experience. I've received some of that in my life, and I just kind of brush it off. <laughs> Because it's like, it's one of those things that feels like a microaggression, but it's just not worth addressing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, thanks. For for me, it's always been a, a split down the middle, depending on who they are, how much they've known of me. Yeah. It's like, either I get told that they knew instantly or told yeah. that they had no That's fucking true. idea. Yeah. Um, and I still, I still get the no fucking idea sometimes to this day, uh, particularly in professional settings. Yeah. True. Uh, and I'm like, because... this is wild, guys. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Because uh, uh, it just, all of a sudden, something will come <laughs> up and they go, oh, wait, you're gay. And I'm like, oh, right. I didn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, this is why I try to wear as many rainbows as I possibly can, because I just, I like to exude my gayness so that there are no questions about it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I feel like for me too, though, like being an actor, a performer, someone who hosts events the way that I do and whatnot, though, too, part of it can just be written off as that extravagant flamboyance of just being a performer and being on. 
yeah. on stage all the time. Um, yeah. But also, like, I, you know some of my festival work that I'm involved with yeah. outside of here. And I'm not saying that they're inherently a more conservative community, but I try to not directly insert me yeah. being gay as a part of it. Like, someone asks, I'll answer, but I'm not out here waving the flag around as I'm yeah. doing it. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. 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 And I mean, like, I think all of us, I mean, maybe a little less Caitlin, but not really. Like, all of us have the privilege of being able to pass as straight if we wanted yeah. to. Yeah. I mean, I can when I want to. Yeah, but, exactly. Know? But mm-hmm. for the most, like, my yeah. style definitely isn't. Yeah. I'm like, very, I passing. wish I was gay. I want to shave my head. And I, part of me is like, do I want to do it because I'm do sick it. of my hair? Or do I want to do it because I want to look more gay? Yeah, but this is me. This is exactly me. Yeah. <laughs> see, I think, see, I, I do the whole straight passing thing with being on stage because most roles are written for yeah. heterosexual men. And I feel like if you go flicking through my Facebook, there's probably more pictures of me kissing women because of productions <laughs> than there actually are of me kissing men. Yeah. Not gonna lie. Okay, okay, but, and I have to say, like, as a demisexual woman, I... I really only like care about intimacy when I really like somebody. So I've actually kissed more boys in my life than I've kissed women because by the time I realized this and also realized just how gay I was, I was really only focused on one person. So I've kissed way less women in my life than boys because when I was growing up, I was like, spin the bottle. Let's all play spin the bottle. (laughs) I did a lot of boy kissing too. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost like, like our subconscious trick. was trying to like tell us it was it was like well maybe if you kiss enough of them you'll enjoy it. Okay. <laughs> but like speaking of it being a party trick, I also and I know there's friends who are going to be listening to this who know I have a notorious thing of I just really enjoy making out, uh, and sometimes <laughs> when Andrew's really drunk in the past. It hasn't mattered who with. Uh, so there's been this running joke that drunk Andrew is straight. Uh, because I do tend to lean towards women more apparently when I'm drinking. Okay, I'm the opposite There's of... a reason for that. Women are better kissers. I have kissed both. Women are generally better kissers. Uh... In my experience. <laughs> so I say to a gay man who probably prefers <laughs> kissing men. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but you've never kissed a gay man. Listen, I mean, unless you have. So I feel true. like that, that would definitely yeah. be. But, yeah. Do it, do it. <laughs> no. <laughs> there is no incest on this podcast. <laughs> that is not how we keep it no, in the family. No, we're roommates now. <laughs> God. Demons be oh. Audio listeners, they did it. They did it. They yeah. did it. <laughs> you see first, folks. Remember that I have the editing power, right? <laughs> Omissions. Oh my god. Oh, also speaking of editing power, although we, we can leave this in. I so another part of me being friends with Caitlin before Caitlin met Raven was that I so I have this history. I think we talked about it when I had my sister when we had our sisters on the podcast. But my, Jenna always like I would show a picture of my sister to people in this girl to girl group and they'd be like and I'm the lesbian at this group and they'd be like your sister's really hot and I'd be like wow thanks love being chopper <laughs> um and at the time I had no I no idea that my sister was bi and uh, me neither so what like, I, I told, I told my straight sister well it's funny because 
I had Caitlin over at one point and they started making a joke because Caitlin knew it would piss me off <laughs> that my sister was her girlfriend. So now they make jokes about it. So when I told, I was like, oh, Jenna, you're going to really like this episode coming up this week. I'm having Caitlin and Raven. And she was like, oh, my girlfriend, I can't <laughs> wait to listen. <laughs> I'm still mad at her for not coming out earlier. How dare she? How dare she? <laughs> it's not acceptable. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. Oh my god. Yeah. Although it was funny, uh, Caitlin came, and this is completely unrelated to anything Pride or anything gay, but Caitlin came over, and it was one of the first times somebody had ever said this to me, actually, weirdly enough, but she came over to watch like my my because caitlin doesn't like christmas that much i don't know if that's changed but <laughs> we're getting there we are We're getting, getting there, yeah. there. <laughs> but like i invited caitlin over to help or at least to like watch i guess my my sister my mom and i put to put up my mom's christmas tree and caitlin was just sitting there and like staring at us all and she said to me afterwards she's like y'all three are the same person <laughs> she just like watched us interact yeah, and was like three you guys are the same, same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the which is funny because my mom everything. my sister and i are actually very different people but apparently when we're in a room together we are just the same yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all your little mannerisms everything yeah. it's like oh, the same it's funny that's hysterical i you know what i'm with you caitlin i'm not about christmas all that much my partner's really not about christmas uh, but i fucking love halloween ooh, i am yes, about I that shit halloween. thanksgiving is mine painting. i love Mm, fair enough. I'm, turkey. Fair yeah, enough. Tur- turkey's pretty fantastic. We're not cooking when it's too much work. You can cook when. I'm not cooking. Yeah, I love to cook. Bron- <laughs> Bronwyn has not realized that she has a roommate now that like adores being in the kitchen. Well, I am at home there. With so turkey, it's more all of the prep work and then also all of the cleanup work. It's a lot. It's true. I'm just looking for a good excuse to fit my fist in something. <laughs> Andrew. Bam! Andrew! I to expect that was coming. Uh, right into it. <laughs> Listen, you got one gay man and three lesbians. I gotta crack the jokes where I can. <laughs> gotta make me uncomfortable. I'm just kidding. Um, that was um, yeah, no, I, uh... I really love Halloween. Uh, essentially, I love September all the way to the end of December because it's you have Halloween, you have Thanksgiving. I'm iffy about Thanksgiving just because I like I approach it from like the settler colonial aspect of it, and I'm just kind of like fuck. However, fuck though, the also settlers. now at the end of September, we now also have Indigenous yes, Reconciliation Day. Yes, we do. Oh, okay. um, September thirtieth. September thirtieth. Yeah. Which is, sorry. And I think that's actually, I believe, has been introduced full on as a new stat holiday for us. Oh, wow. Yes. Yes, it yeah. is. Yeah. It's a national like day. Like federal holiday or? Provincial? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we've got, we've got Thanksgiving. We've got, we've got now that national day morning. We've got, um. Halloween. Uh, Halloween, which I fucking love. My and birthday. Got, oh, yeah. We've got this one's birthday. <laughs> And now, if there's loud noises coming from your birthday, I'm going to know about them because we'll live together. So it's true. <laughs> Not even sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and then Christmas. It's my favorite time of year. And it's fall. I fucking love autumn. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm here for the weather at that time of year because... Yeah. Uh, this hefty boy is not built for the heat no, like this right now. I'm not either. Yeah. <laughs> I, I work in a kitchen. Today was 34 degrees. We have masks and shields on. We're not allowed fans. There's no air conditioning. And I'm standing in front of 
three ovens, four burners, a warmer, oh. and a steamer. <laughs> On a scale of one to no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like, no wonder you come home and feel like not cooking. Yeah. Literally. You're like, get me the fuck day. out of the I mean, kitchen. I cook gourmet. Like, yes. we literally did a whole turkey dinner in the middle of the week the other day. Yeah. So oh, I, I disagree with your turkey statement because I can <laughs> whip one of those suckers up, stuff it, and all in like an afternoon. It's actually- do you okay. sa- do you save your bone and do the broth afterwards too? Um, I have, but not recently. We haven't been okay. too- Do you guys have a dishwasher though? <clears throat> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Caitlin just pointed to Raven. Oh my god! <laughs> well, we have a pack. I whoever cooks, the other person cleans. Yeah, but we have an actual dishwasher. Yeah, we do have a dishwasher. Okay, but See, we just started. We using don't. <laughs> I know my partner's got one at his place that I swear to fuck he has barely touched until we started dating, and I'm like, nah. Now, nah, if I'm in the kitchen cooking all this shit and you don't want to fucking clean yeah. dishes, you have a dishwasher. Yeah, We're fucking using it. it. It's, it's not a not dish a rack. Yeah. <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. I feel like when I do end up in a long-term relationship where I move in with the person, a dishwasher is a must because I hate doing dishes. I mean, we got the space here to get ourselves an apartment-sized one and That's we can true. get it with a... Like, Chopping block countertop, so it's actually dual purpose. This is true. Oh my! This is all the things we think about. Yeah, she the the amount of things that have happened since I've come in here, and I'm like, yeah, we could do this, and she's like, oh my god, that's brilliant. I'm just gonna leave you to make all the decisions. I'm like, yeah, welcome (laughs) to living with a gay man. (laughs) Here's the thing: is that like my ADHD brain finds it so hard to like think past my clutter and think past. Oh, of course the mess of like moving and whatnot yeah so i find it really hard to arrange stuff and we were arranging the kitchen on saturday and i'm also just very low energy still because of like my medical stuff that i'm still dealing with and so anyway i'd have to sit down and i'd be like i'm so sorry like i'm a little overwhelmed that andrew was like i just like to putter don't worry about it and he just like he'd be like we should put this here because like we could have a whole tea cupboard and it would be really easy to access and i'm just like that's such a fucking good idea. Do it. Like you just do things, and you then if I hate it, we'll move it later. <laughs> there is a lot of tea in this house, but there oh, is yeah. also teapots and a vast assortment of mugs to go with it. Like we could literally do high tea here and supply an entire house full of people with mugs. I was no going to say, of course, there's lots of tea, but then I'm like, no, we're not a gossip channel. <laughs> we don't. I mean, we're not. We're still the tea. <laughs> We're not, uh, but there's there's definite shade thrown yeah, every now true. and again. <laughs> it's warranted. Uh, all right. Yeah. So, uh, is there anything else either of you think would be pivotal that you want to share to our yeah. listeners, to maybe young audience about coming out, or Raven in your case about maybe being a, a better ally or less of a shitty white person? Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, listen, they hear it from us, but. We, we we are also white, so... They're probably looking at us going, you fucking hypocrites. <laughs> uh, no, black person says, you guys are shitty indeed. <laughs> Bonafide trash, baby. <laughs> For little, I mean, not little, but like, black girls coming out in religious families, yeah, just like understand that you living your truth is so much more important than your biological family accepting your truth. I have grown so much since I've just decided to be okay with who I am. 
not to say that it isn't difficult and it doesn't still hurt and you don't go through days that it just feels awful because I have all of those things. But existing as myself in my truth is so much better than the alternative. And so like, if that's the struggle, if that's the hurdle, if it's safe, obviously, definitely do that because it it really does set you free in in a magical way. Just, um... Exist in your truth. Be happy with who you are. If it's safe, come out and know that you existing the way that you are is so much more important than your family agreeing with you because you can choose people to be a part of your family that will give you much more. Yeah, I I definitely I agree with the sentiment that chosen family can be so much more. Yeah, some some days. Some days. I mean, so, yeah, some days less so. <laughs> but some days. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and what about you, Caitlin? Anything you'd like to add as maybe um, some final parting thoughts? Yeah, so uh, for any whites out there, obviously, uh, you know, you're big pieces of trash, so <laughs> do the work. But also, you know, as somebody in an interracial relationship um, and being on the white side of things and, you know, having to go, well, we were, we, we got together before the George Floyd stuff really, really happened. Not to say that Black Lives, the Black Lives Matter movement and, and everything that went with it didn't, you know, exist before then. But the uptick at, at, from George Floyd occurred like, you know, halfway through or over halfway through a relationship. So it was, we had to make a shift in our relationship on, in, in a lot of ways. And I think we've, we've grown from that. I've grown from it. Um, and I'm still not perfect in any freaking way. Uh, I think even a couple weeks ago, you called me out on something that I've said. So I think there's a lot that we don't understand, uh, especially, and like you're going to want to, because it's your, the person that you're in love with and you you're going to want to think that you can but you really just have to to listen um to be supportive you know and look for ways that you can do better for your relationship but also for people in your immediate life even if you're you know you're not active on social media like for me I'm not a big social media person I don't like I scroll but I don't post but I do all of the work in like my personal life and people that I connect with, you know, as long as you're doing that and you're supporting your partner, um, I think that's the biggest and listening. Uh, I think that's the biggest, the biggest thing you can do uh, for your partner. Yeah. I mean, I think um, as a white person, when you enter any relationship where there's some sort of, sorry for my cat's butt there. um, (laughs) When you enter into any relationship where there's a, where there's technically like a, I don't maybe, I don't know if power imbalance is the right way to put this, but like a, an experience imbalance, a privilege imbalance. Yeah. Um, you have to put your, and I know I say this every fucking week, but you have to put your ego aside. You have to listen. Um, and I think we're like open communication is really important and you have to be willing to hear experiences that are not your own. Mm-hmm. And that's, that can be really tough. So I know, Caitlin, you just said you're not really active on socials, but do either of you have socials you want people to follow, care for them to follow? Raven might. The, <laughs> the answer can be no. I, mean, I know we kind of put people on honestly, the spot. my socials are so locked down that if we don't have any mutuals, you're not finding me. <laughs> like, yeah, that, that's I, true. I do not exist. <laughs> well, that's how I operate. My no. Instagram is Raven Service. So you get to see her beautiful yeah, face through her. Through my Instagram. Yes. <laughs> and I will link that um 
when we post. On our socials, which if you're not following already, is Sibling Rants on Instagram and Facebook, and at Sibling Rants Pod on Twitter. And of course, as always, if you have questions, particularly maybe things that you want us to address during Pride slash uh, Indigenous History Month, you can email us at siblingrants at gmail.com. And uh, if you haven't left us a review yet... You Fix your leave. life. Yeah, that's that's the... <laughs> That's the way to put it. Do I was better. nicer, but you know what? Fix your life. <laughs> and, uh, but no, I mean, uh, reviews on Facebook and on Apple really do help our podcast be seen. Um, so for as, anybody who's able to do that, please do. As our friends at the Chill Spot show say, podcasts live and die by word of mouth. Yeah. So <laughs> give us a hand. So if you like us, spread us around. That sounds really terrible. I was going to say, <laughs> like a venereal <laughs> disease. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> we are not an STI. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, anyway, thank you so much for joining us. Yes, uh, thank When you. we started having, like, deciding we wanted guests for every week in, in Pride Week, I knew I had to ask you guys, because uh, I love you guys a lot. And, <laughs> we love uh, you. And I know you listen, and, and I really wanted to hear your perspective, so... Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, this has been awesome. And uh, stay tuned, y'all, next week and all the following weeks as we have continued more amazing guests coming and uh, sharing their experiences as we celebrate Pride Month and Indigenous History Month. Exactly. And I guess that wraps it up for episode 20. That's Which is, by the way, five months. Oh, my God. Five five months. Five months. It, it has gone by so fast. It it's has. freaking wild. Yeah. Um, also, I don't think when we started recording this that we thought we were going to live together. But here we are. Here we are. Here we are. <laughs> change. And here we are. So stay uh, tuned for more fun and fuckery, y'all. We'll see yeah. you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.